everyone. Welcome back to another episode of That's Not Crazy. Hello. We are so excited to have a couple of guests and we're going to let them introduce themselves. So go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So we are a part of Women Making Wave and we also have a podcast called A Strong Brew, Not Everyone's Cup of Tea. My name is Trish McCormick. I'm originally from New York, but I moved out to San Luis Obispo in 2018. I'm going to kind of go a little bit deeper, but um, I'm Tyler Skinner and I am the co-founder of Women Making Waves and I'm now the CEO of Women Making Waves and taking it just a whole nother level with Trish by my side, who does all things, literally, where we craft content together and we podcast together and we work on all these wonderful ideas of ways to empower women and uplift and transform our community and communities everywhere of women through inspiring events around various industries. We're highlighting women across industries, connecting them by industry, and then also doing events in between like in-person retreats where we can ground ourselves and learn more about ourselves to connect more with others. So that's, that's really our, our game. So we're just so happy to be here and talk about this today. That's awesome. We're so happy to have you. Can you tell us what inspired this? Like, how did you come up with this idea? What's the story behind it? Hold on. Before you start oh, that, right. I first have to say a couple things. One, as you're talking, my brain is just shooting off thinking of like all of these different things that we can do together. And I'm just so excited about this. <laughs> and two, we, um, we like to do something before every episode and it's our highs and lows. So we want to normalize these conversations about difficult feelings and also highlight that it's not always difficult and it's not always hard. There's really good parts about our week that we want to talk about too. Yeah, we try to stress, you know, I think it's big in our culture right now to that whole toxic positivity thing we call it, or we've heard other people call it that. We did not come up with the term toxic positivity, obviously, but where it's like everything has a silver lining and if you're having a bad day you're just not thinking about it the right way and you should flip that around and turn your frown upside down and we fully support that and we appreciate that we need to have gratitude and we need to have positive mindset but not at the risk of stuffing and stifling our bad feelings and ignoring them to the point that they eventually fester and your problem ends up worse than it would if you would have just maybe addressed it at the beginning. And to just say like, yeah, we we're happy and we're positive. We're excited about life. But also I had a bad day and I feel sad or I feel angry or uh, whatever. And that's okay too. Um, it's um line between emotional honesty and gratitude is what we're seeing as we're doing this each week. We're being emotionally honest and that's allowing each other the space and the room to express what it is that is difficult. And it's also allowing us to highlight the positive and good things about the week, which in turn gives us so much gratitude about our lives as well. And it's been a really great practice in active listening, like we've said before, to allow somebody the space to share something hard and not try to fix it or change it or shame them for feeling those things or talk them out of their feelings, but to just listen and let someone share without doing anything about it. That's kind of what we have been doing. So if you'd like to join us in doing that, we'll share our lows and highs for, and we do for like the last few days or the last week or so, if anything stands out. And then when we're done, we'd love to hear what you have to say. 
I'll go first. My low this week, I'm dealing with somebody that I love dearly who's struggling in addiction. I am a recovering codependent. (laughs) (laughs) So I am trying to navigate this without wanting to jump in and rescue and not let them live through the consequences that they're creating for themselves. So I try to hold back from doing that. And I'm trying to navigate this line of, am I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? So I keep going back and forth. And it's been difficult. And it's been really, really hard to navigate. And it's hurtful. So I think it's what is being created in this addiction mindset and the things that are coming up in me, it's just hurtful. So my low this week is feeling very hurt and helpless. I've talked about this before. It is a a major low for the week. My high this week is watching my daughter swim. She's two years old and watching her jump into the pool this weekend and swim and just be so excited and full of life and energy and happiness. So that made me feel very happy and grateful for where I'm at right now and watching all the joy in her gave me so much joy. So that's my low and high. Awesome. I love that. I was there for that swimming episode and it was so sweet and (laughs) life-giving and fun to watch. Two, I just want to say like sometimes we'll go off and talk for 20 minutes about our feelings and then sometimes it's just like this week I felt like crap and I also felt really good and that's it. And sometimes I don't want to share. I don't want to go into why or how. So don't feel obligated to like spill your guts if it's not on your heart to do so. (laughs) Good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I would say low for me has been pure mental exhaustion. I am maxing out my brain, my work capacity, my school capacity, my personal life. Like my brain wants to just take a nap for go into hibernation. Just like shut me off. I'm over it. I'm done. (laughs) And that just feels really crummy. It makes me feel kind of bad about myself sometimes when I can't do all the things. And like when I finally do break down, I'm like, something must be wrong with me because I should be able to like conquer the world. And today I just can't. And what's this about? Like, I can't figure it out. Then it's just like, no, you're just a human and life's hard sometimes. (laughs) And that's okay. My high, I had a really good visit with one of my patients. I work as a hospice nurse. Some of the family dynamics that I've been dealing with lately have been really hard and really challenging for me. And so when I have a good visit and a grateful family who's just like appreciative of what I do, it just feels that much better and fills me with a lot of pride. And I'm like, oh, Okay, like I kind of I kind of do know what I'm doing and this feels good and I'm proud of myself. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Would you girls like to share? Sure. Yeah, I think we should share for okay. sure. Okay. I think I'm sorry we didn't like warn you about this and we're just like surprise, tell us all your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I totally fully expected to share feelings or things around this even just given the context of the conversation. So, mm-hmm. we're totally fine. I'm seeing a lot of this coming out. I'm really happy. Um, So I guess that would be my high. I'll start with that is I'm happy to see conversations 
happening around this. I've, I've seen it in lots of pockets everywhere with women, especially. I mean, that's my focus right now. So yeah. really, I believe that. And then also, again, going into next gen, like that's where my heart is at, is looking at the youth and, and kids. I also am a mom of two and two girls. And so I'm seeing stuff even being adopted in the schools. That's very helpful. Like they do highs and lows in my daughter's school. They do yoga time in my other daughter's school. And they've done, you know, meditation time where they relax and they, they learn about themselves in that way. And I think this is where it starts, you know, young and trying to get these things instilled. So I'm super happy to hear that. And, and that's a high. It's also another high is good connections. I've made some really amazing connections. And Trish, I was just talking to her before we met with you ladies that this is the subject that we're going into. So you're right on. Irene, I wanted to say, like, I do see the connections that you were describing before, because there's, there's a lot that we are seeing on our end that's dipping into the mental health arena, and especially in inclusivity. Like, that's another thing that we're looking at. So I'm excited about that, about the connections being made like this. This is what jazzes me up, gets me super excited and hopeful that there's a lot of change coming. And then the other, I guess a low for me is like you, Molly, is the mental fatigue and the lack of sleep. Um, I'm not sleeping very well. And a lot of it has to do with me just feeling like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders, which literally and figuratively, like physically, I have knots like the size of Antarctica in my shoulders, like they're hurting so badly. And I'm trying to go get like trigger therapy or go figure out some things to do to help with that acupuncture, I haven't quite figured that out, but I know that I'm carrying a lot. And so I'm feeling it in my body and it's, it's aching, it's hurting. And I'm listening to my body and knowing that my body right there where it's tense is telling me you're carrying a lot on your shoulders. Like you need to just offload some of those things and relax a little bit, but I don't know how to relax. Like that's the thing is I don't, I don't think I've ever been given. I've had to teach myself over time, you know, and practice every day and make conscious choices to try to meditate or spend time alone or relax. And I just don't know how all the time. And so that, that feels very, um, I guess, paralyzing. Yeah. We've had to learn like we, you, well, you probably can't see it from there, but there's a day on Irene's calendar here that says like self day, like me day where we have to like put it in our calendar to like take a day off or go do something enjoyable, like go on a walk, go to the beach because it's hard for us too. We just start doing one thing and then another. And I think we both get on this like big inspired snowball where we're like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And while we're at it, why don't we do this too? And then fast forward two months and we're both like, ah, <laughs> what did we do? So yeah, recognizing those physical symptoms or signs and then making that mind body connection. I love that. And it's really important. And it's something that I think we both can relate to for sure. So I guess I've been having difficulties. I've always kind of suffered from anxiety, whether it was minor or whatever it might have been, but I, I kind of I kind of saw this in me probably around college and mostly in my senior year of college, it, it was more triggering. And since then, of course, we have our tools and our things to do, but then there's times when like your tools don't work and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Yes. <laughs> so just Sunday and it's Tuesday, so that makes it even worse. I'm like, oh, that was so long ago. I was like, no, that was two days ago. I was just like everything I have to go. So I'm from New York originally and I'm going home for my friend's bachelor party, which I haven't seen my friends really in over a year. I had to briefly go home, unfortunately, for like a death in my family. So it was just like a quick trip and I was back, COVID, the whole thing. But I'm getting so anxious about going home that it's almost like I am like, should I just cancel my trip? And it's all going back to the ego of things. So it's about like, 
am I going to look okay? Do I look fat? And it's like, I know it's just my inner critic and it's more like superficial things. And I'm admitting it because I'm hoping that someone listening is like, yeah, I feel that. I have been meditating and every time I meditate, I start to cry and I'm like, there's a reason for this and maybe I just need to let it out. And even today I was meditating and doing tapping. And one of the things was like three things that made me upset. Um, it was like release control. And I just started to cry because they clearly, I like to have things in order. Like most women we're we're pretty good at it, like to multitask. Um, and the other one was like, tell yourself you're proud of yourself. I was like, when's the last time I told myself that? Like never. And then that got me more upset. And I still am trying to navigate through that. And right now um, I enrolled in like better help last month. So I've been in therapy for a month now. And it's, it's helping, but at the same time, it's like, I know that like, I want to heal, but I'm not healing quick enough. So it's like that, that pressure to be like, I'm doing all the right things, but why am I not like cured? And we're never really cured. We just learn how to navigate our lives and, you know, live a life with forgiveness and a little bit more compassion. And that's how you have to live your life. And I'm just in this, like, I want to be better today. So that's kind of my, my down. My positive is in the new year, I signed up for a a course to be certified in nutrition, holistic wellness. And just last week, I got a scholarship to get certified in meditation and mindfulness. So I'll be able to not only better my practice, but I would be able to give it to my community and use that in whatever I do. I honestly have no idea what I'm doing. But the more I'm on this path, the more I feel more more aligned, even though I feel super lost and confused and like, I have no money and like, what am I doing? I'm 30. But then at the same time, I'm I'm in my coursework and I I find so much joy from it because it's something that I actually want to do. And it's not something that I'm forcing myself to do just because I need a paycheck. So it's that like catch 22. So overall, it's, it's a great feeling. And then there's times when my anxiety comes about. So that's my high and low. I feel like if the listeners could see us smiling and nodding and me like, yep, yep, like you're checking off the list of my diary. I feel all that stuff. So thank you for sharing. Like, again, I totally relate with everything you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've both come to decide that nobody knows what the hell they're doing and we just keep showing up. Yeah. <laughs> thing that I saw, let me read it. It was like, honestly, I probably have been watching it once a day just because I'm like, I need this message. But the girl said, this life is meant to be a progression, not an exercise in perfection. And I was like, hold up, like Oprah aha moment right there. And I have to read it every day because I am a girl that wants what I want. And from being from New York, I'm a hustler. Like, I'm always like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I have to learn to just be happy in the moment and celebrate my little wins. We just talked about this last night, just kind of prepping for this, like saying like, you know, just going over the questions you sent over. And that was something that I realized, like, I don't really celebrate my, my many wins just because I am looking at big picture stuff. And when it's not attainable, I automatically am like, I failed, but it's a big goal. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And I just want it to. And I have that connection or passion towards it. So I definitely, I would say, am hurting myself in the process by feeling this way. And I'm working on it. I'm just, it's just not, it's a forever journey. I think I'm always going to have these tendencies or these thoughts, but I have to learn that these are my inner critics. This is something that I can control, but I also have to lose control, which is kind of like a double negative, but it's, it's all about living. You'll figure it out, hopefully. Yeah, it's a process for sure. Yeah, your self-awareness is beautiful to see. And we are, we're just so happy to hear the things that you guys have to say, because it's everything that we have been preaching. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about 
Women Making Waves and what you're up to and how, how'd you get started? What inspired this? Tell us the whole thing. For me, it started out as a client of mine that I was working with and um, under my company, Connected Communities. So that's the umbrella company that Women Making Waves lives under. And I started it with, it was just like in Morro Bay, let's do a local thing about women in the local community that are incredible and what they're up to and a leadership program type thing through the chamber. And then it didn't, it ended up being, it was pretty successful, you know, doing in-person events at night. But after about a year or so, they were like, this is not what we want to do. It's not the direction we want to go in. But she, again, being from Brooklyn, she actually saw the the bigger picture as did I. We became really close in the process of crafting and coming up with this whole thing. And she said, I think this is bigger than the area. And I go, oh, honey, I could have told you that like six months ago. And um, I saw it and so did she. And so she asked me if I wanted to take it on. So I did. I trademarked the name. Um, I said, I'm going to take it big, big time. And I little did I know though that 2020 was coming right around the corner. And then what was going to happen with my other part of my business, which was basically an event management and working with nonprofits and consulting was going to go down the tubes in many ways. And so that was a huge identity loss and shift, but it also allowed this to come about. It allowed this to be born, you know, and really fly and take off. And so I started to dig in as part of my healing and my work, my inner work of 2020 was digging in like, what do I do? Well, what do I do? That's great. What, I mean, what can I do with the, with what I've got? And so I thought about it and said, oh, I connect communities. I'm a strategic connector. I'm this, I'm that, I'm all these things. And I said, I could do this with women making waves. And let me just go there because I've always done women's work ever since I was in college. And I've done, I was an activist. I've done work with, you know, shelters. And I've always been there for the community that way. So anyway, that's where it really came up. And we started doing it by industry and we switched to virtual. I met Trish like right at that time when we were pivoting. And um, she's basically been there ever since. It's been almost over a year now. And we've been working on this together and just crafting and curating all these events and topics. And she's a lot of the heart behind and the push, I guess I should say, behind stuff like this. You know, the mental health and some of the more, I wouldn't say, I would say not talk about, we call it like atypical niches. Like right now we're doing women making waves in cannabis. So things like that, that you normally, again, another taboo subject in so many ways or an industry that people think is, you know, because it's not legal everywhere. So there's a lot of things like that we, we like to bring up and highlight and really bring to light. And so I think that's, that's where she and I both share that passion. So here I, we are. And I what think else too, do you it's add? like, so as she mentioned, I reached out via LinkedIn and this was a time when I was working on mind body. And then a lot of my peers, we were laid off the whole thing. So I was again in a transition like I am right now from a different startup that I was working for in 2021. But essentially, it's like I was reaching out and I knew like everyone was asking me, like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to go home? I was like, no, I'm not going home. I'm just going to like struggle like a starving artist struggle. And I mean, there's worse places to struggle than San Luis Obispo, but <laughs> like I'm not going to cry. You know, it wasn't that bad. But I think one thing that I wanted to bring to the table that was important to me coming from New York and just my background is that I wanted to have more diversity. I want to have more inclusivity because in our little bubble that we have a great community, but I think there's only sometimes maybe a narrative or just one narrative. And there's so many different types of voices, the pro or the con, you know, we can go both. It's like, we can't be in person, but on the other hand, we're able to connect with people all over. 
So I make that my mission. It's like, I don't care where you live. It's like, I want to work with you. We can, we can do exactly this and I can get your message across and I can support you. So that's, I think, a blessing through COVID is the fact that we may have not had those outlets to get those stories. And now we have the ability to just reach out. And that's, that's just important to me with mental health. Um, I was, it was really important to me because I have my own personal issue with anxiety, but then I also had a sister when I was in sixth grade, tried to commit suicide. So she was 14 years old. I've spoken about it a few times through Women Making Waves and on a strong brew. And it's just something that I think is really important is because, you know, looking back now, I'm, I'm now an adult, but 12 year old me didn't understand, like, why would she do this? And I was just not angry. I wouldn't say angry, but more confused, like not knowing that the world can be so shitty. I hope I can say that there's like bullying and there's in, there's turmoil in a young girl or young boy's life that I didn't realize. Cause I was 12 years old. So I'm like coming off playing Barbies and like, just, just getting to that age. Like, Oh, you can buy lip gloss. Like I was just in that weird stage. So I think it's super important to me and I, I'll, I'll redo the story as well because I think it's significant is that I was playing soccer and I missed practice on a Friday. So she tried to commit suicide on a Thursday and how I remember this is just the events are just so vivid still. And I missed practice and I went to my cousin, my older cousin had her car and she's like, well, good ice cream. And she was trying to give me like a girl's day to make me feel better. So that Sunday was our last soccer game. And my coach in front of all the girls said, where were you? And I said, oh, my, my sister's sick. Not what was I supposed to say? Like, oh no, my sister tried to kill herself. Like, I wasn't going to say that. And he kept pressing me, like, no, why weren't you at practice? I was like, bro, like, I'm, I'm sad about it. I haven't seen my family. Like, my mom was at the hospital. My sister was in the hospital. So he kept pushing it. And in that moment, even when we had our talk, I was like, I just don't want anyone to feel ashamed to not be able to say it. Like, at that time, I was ashamed of it because it was like, well, how am I going to address this grown man and say, my sister tried to kill herself and overdosed on pills. Is that what you want to hear? But I was 12 and I got, you know, upset. He didn't play me the whole game. It was pouring rain. And that's something that, that sticks with me. And I think that's why when we're able to bring these conversations up, they're not easy. And there's going to be times when you may get emotional or it may trigger people. And I understand that. And everyone goes through something. But it's the fact that we kind of grew up or I grew up in a family that's like, you never talk about religion, politics, or like sex or whatever. And everything was like, you know, like, you don't cry about it, you're fine. And I think after this situation, our family dynamic changed a little bit, the way we spoke to each other was different. And now it's like, I can call my mom up and say, I'm having a bad day. And it's like, I express my feelings. Because before that, it wasn't that they didn't invite them. It was just more like that Irish Catholic East Coast feeling of just like, we don't talk about it. And that's just how it is. And after that, it, it made me more aware of my own feelings. I was like, well, I can express how I feel. Like, I can be angry. I can be, it's like the movie Inside Out. Like, she learns yeah. all her emotions. And that's why it's important to me. It's because I have my own personal things. But, like, I don't want anyone, whether you are 30, 40, or 12 years old, to feel ashamed about talking about something that we all go through. We all have emotions. We're all human beings. And we're just trying to navigate this, this world and our feelings. That's right. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. That's really cool. It's cool how you turned such a traumatic experience into like a motivator. It sounds like going through that has motivated you and has put you on this path and brought you here. Yeah. I recently heard from one of I was for my school, there was a webinar and one of the speakers said, turn your messes into your messages. And after that, I was like, that's my new motto, like turn your messes into your messages because someone needs to hear it. 
And I think just like hearing it and knowing that that person on the other side got through or, you know, they could teach you ways to cope is so important. It's like we live, I mean, I know for me, like, and I'm guilty of it. Like I'm on Instagram every day. So I see whether it's my friends or my peers or just like an Instagram model that looks smoking hot. Like, of course, I'm going to be like, I don't look like that. Like I have dimples on my butt and this and that. But I think you have to realize that like that type of stuff, it's just a reel. It's like a movie reel. You're going to see all the good parts. And that's just how Instagram is. And that's how a lot of lives are. So I try to be vocal and authentic in, in what I produce in Women Making Waves and a strong group because I would never want to listen to a podcast with a girl like, my life is pretty great. Like uh, everything's going right for me. It's like, I want to hear a girl that's like, I cried in my pantry. I'm like, me too. Like, <laughs> I like you. I'm like, all right, I'll see you next week. I just want it to be more real. And that's what we talk about authenticity all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, show up as yourself. Cause there's so many people that are trying to be this perfect image, but there's no such thing as perfect. And the moment we let go of that, we'll be happier Better. people. And I'm learning this too. So when I say things, it's like me writing it down in my journal. Like we, we often say stuff so that we can hear it for ourselves. That's <laughs> yes. what we talk about a lot is that why podcasting is so great because you share a story or share your experience and then you're telling yourself at the same time, you're reminding yourself. We would listen to ourselves recording just to hear our voice back. You mm-hmm. know, like what does our voice sound like when we are speaking about these things out loud? Like I honestly do listen to a podcast. I make sure that like we did all right. And I'm like, you know, stamp of approval. I would have said that again. I've kind of noticed that too, when we like, I can sense when something gets a little uncomfortable for me, I'll ramble a little bit more. When it gets a little uncomfortable for Irene, she kind of gets a little quieter. Like I pay attention to that stuff too. And listen, like, oh, I think I'm out here like talking about all this stuff and I'm so evolved, but I can sense my own discomfort when I listen to it back. So that's really interesting and and a way to kind of dig into the self-reflection even more that as we're delivering it and as we're talking about it, we're still processing it. Yeah, one of the reasons why I didn't want to do this podcast was because I care too much about what other people think. (laughs) And I was like, it's not going to sound good because I'm going to know what I sound like, or I think I'm going to know what I'm going to sound like, and it's not going to be authentic. Molly says, that's exactly why we should do this, to break open those barriers that we put on ourselves. And I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, to, to what you said, like, we, nobody's happy all the time. And we just talked about that on the episode that we released on May 4th where somebody recently told me, oh, Molly, you look so happy, or like, you're glowing, and it's just so great, and you're not struggling at all. And it's like, no, I was in my bed, snotting, sobbing, crying yesterday, like less than 24 hours ago. So yes, I am happy, and my life is good. And I am like on this path of fulfillment. And I'm so excited about what I have ahead of me and what I'm doing. But also, I fucking fall apart sometimes. And who doesn't? Like, we all do. And we all have a time where we just have to cry a little or, you know, go get a candy bar or whatever, whatever unhealthy, so to speak, coping that whatever's getting us through. I say, like, pandemic time, anything goes, do whatever is going to make you feel good. <laughs> and sometimes that's crying that one of my favorite authors, theologians is uh, Nadia Boltzweber, and she says the most um, renewing things in life are water. So it's crying, (laughs) 
birth <laughs> and baptism. <laughs> so she gives a whole okay. list of things that are renewing to us that have to do with water. And yeah, crying is one of them. And waves. And waves ocean. and making waves. Right. Well, waves are energy. And so that's some of the things that I was, that was pointed out to me is that a wave is energy and that, you know, that's what we, we strive to be that part of it. It's a flow. And a lot of what we talk about in a spiritual sense is like, you know, flow, not force, you know, in that, in that way, we really believe that it's like, if you're forcing something and you keep pushing and pushing um, and trying to control everything and trying to put everything, it's not always going to happen. It's not going to come to fruition. Yeah. You can have a plan. I'm not saying just free for all wing it, all that stuff. But I think for the most part, there is a, there is some sort of a balance that we often don't, don't see. And like every day we're working on that. That's what I'm saying is it's a practice. And that's why they say everything meditation. She's doing this thing called feed up, which is like mm -hmm. inversions for yoga, but it's mm -hmm. like a little thing, a pad that you put your head in and then you like do the inversions. And I, she's been posting herself every day doing those inversions and I'm going, wow, that's really cool. But I mean, of course you start off and you're like, Oh, I saw awkward. Yeah. I couldn't even like, cause it's all about, um, strengthening your shoulders. So when I first did it, I could do a second and I was like, I did it. Like I would quit for the day. I was like, you did great. And now that I do full classes and like, Oh my God, I sucked. Like, I really thought I was so good. I'm like, you did it for like one second. And now I just hang out. And what I love about it. And I think that was another key part to my 2021 like journey is that, which is like crazy enough to say, it's like, you see a new perspective in yoga for me. It's like you, you learn even before doing this at home at class, I would watch someone that had that, you know, yoga body and they looked fit and they were like upside down. But then there is a time when we did like warrior one and they would fall or they would slip out of position and it made you feel human. You're like, they fell. And that kind of comforted me in a weird way. Not that I want someone to fall, but to see someone like slip up and you, you realize that, you know, that we're all the same. What's a wave maker? Is there a certain type of person that you're looking for or a certain theme in what you see in wave makers? Like, who are they? What catches your eye about them? Well, there are a lot. First of all, there are people in our network. That's first and foremost, or women that we've been introduced to or women that we see out there, like how you reached out to us, women we find on Instagram or on social media. And we, we reach out sometimes blindly and say, hey, look, we've seen your stuff or we really think that you're incredible. We also get people that come to us and request to be on the platform and they, they just, or they have a boss or somebody they want to highlight. It's really awesome. So I'm really proud of that. Like seeing that, that people are out there wanting to champion and cheerlead for other women in their community that they work with or that they know we don't have a type. So that being said, it can be anyone from your next door neighbor to Oprah Winfrey. There isn't a type. It's, it's an inclusive space. We really want to highlight a range and a variety of women, a diverse group of women. And I think that reality is, is that wave makers are the women that are committed to change. They're committed to impact. They're, they're driven by something bigger than themselves and they want to make big waves. They want to do things for their community. They're sharing, they're dialoguing, they're helping. They're, they're those kind of women that are not afraid of, you know, diving. the commitment and diving yeah. in. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're looking for it's kind of that they're very compassionate, passionate, driven. So we have like a whole list of things, but they, they really are women that we just kind of know or get to know. And in talking to them, you can tell, and a lot of times they don't really hype themselves up. That's the other thing, or they might be doing that. Maybe they have articles written on them. Maybe they don't or written books or whatever they've done that might seem that way. But a lot of times they don't get to tell their, just their story or get to highlight the amazing things that they're doing or they're up to. So that's sort of what we're doing with that. 
part of the platform. So do you think that mental health is connected to a woman's ability to be a wave maker? Like, do you notice that there's a strong connection maybe in someone that seems emotionally healthy or maybe emotionally vulnerable? Or is there any connection at all? I think with wave makers, um, one thing that's super important, I think it's like we talk about filling up your cup on our podcast, it's filling up your cup. So that's the self care aspect. I think when you, like you said, you're talking about doing a lot of creative things, and you're on this like snowball or high of just like, let's get this done. And we're very similar in that. But there is times or some weeks we say we're not going to film our podcast or just say, you know, I just need a break or I'm going to take my girls to the beach. It's like having that maybe it's boundaries. Maybe it's setting boundaries Mm -hmm. as a wave maker, setting time for yourself, setting time for your family, setting time just to take like to reset and recharge. And I think that's what a wave maker is when it comes to mental health. It's just that it's about just taking care of yourself and, and setting boundaries and not always saying yes to everything. And believe me, like, I know we, we struggle with this and we, we notice it though. So we're aware of our like pleasing abilities. Like, yes, we'll do this. We'll do that. And a lot of the times we actually generally want to do it and we want to do it so much, but we like also like we're human beings and we're one person or sometimes just a two duo and we're running shit and we're getting shit done, which is amazing. But there's times when we just have to step back and say, you know what, like this week, I'm not feeling it. I just need a break. Or like we, we had an event that we're supposed to plan in June and we're like, maybe we should just take a break from it. Maybe we should just like have like a summer recess because we've been honestly doing events since August, 2020. Mm-hmm. And we've done it consistently. We haven't just skipped a beat. It's just a, acknowledging where you're at and honoring that. I think that's what makes a wave maker. Yep. And willing to share like you both, what you're doing. That's exactly, you are exactly the example of a wave mm-hmm. maker. You know, when you're saying things like, I don't know if I would, why I would want to share that, or I don't know if I'd want to do that, but then doing it anyway, because there's something that you are feeling called to do. And whether that's Irene, that's Molly going, yeah, we got to do this. And this is more reason why. It, it doesn't matter. Like Trish and I, again, linked up to do a podcast because we thought, why not do it together? So it's those kind of things of taking those chances, those risks. I'm unsure and kind of going there anyway. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, we none of us know what we're doing. We don't know how to do a podcast. We don't know microphones and headphones and we're failing and we're getting confused and we're dropping the ball. and learning. We're talking about that too. Like we didn't just jump in here and like, Oh, suddenly we like know what we're doing. We took some pretty pictures and we pushed record and we're like, we'll figure it out. (laughs) And that's it. And every, every time we do it, we get a little bit better. And that's, that's life. Like none of us really know. And we're willing to be open and vulnerable and practice so that if one other person could feel comfortable sharing their feelings or trying something new or just continuing on for another day, because I'm not the only one who struggles. I'm not the only one having a hard time. It's just like, I say it all the time, but it's like, we all struggle. We all have bad days. We all have hard times. We all either struggle with mental health ourselves or we know somebody who does, and we are then affected by that person's mental health. And if we all are experiencing it, why don't we talk about it? And we're just hoping that we can be a little part in opening that door and making it normal. And like you, your experience with your soccer coach, like we just talked about that too. 
it should be okay for me to say, I just can't. Yes. And that's it. And don't press me. Don't ask me to tell you stuff that I'm clearly not comfortable talking about. Get off my back, bro. I didn't want, I couldn't be there. And that's it. And that should be enough. Like we should be able to set those boundaries without oversharing, without exposing details that we don't feel comfortable with or, you know, in public around a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, just getting getting comfortable talking, standing up for ourselves, setting boundaries and creating our own version of happy. Yeah, and allowing kids, I think kids is a great one that you touch on that, allowing kids to advocate for themselves. You know, allowing them to speak up for themselves. You know, we don't always have to be the voice for our children. Um I think that's a huge issue that I think in motherhood (laughs) that's gone on in the modern mother is like, we got to do it all and be helicoptering and monitoring everything. And, and every last little play date, like when I remember as a kid being dropped off at birthday parties and I was just dropped off and we had to figure it out. We had to figure out and navigate the social scene. You know, if there was a fight in our argument or there was like not sharing or there was stuff going on, we had to learn how to do those social things and learn those social cues and work with other kids, like learn how to get along in a group. And our parents now, I see everybody, we go to birthday parties and it's like every parent is there hovering over and the kids can't even play five seconds without someone intervening. And I think that it has to be, that's a big issue I see with, with kids not being able to just use their voice and say who they are and their identity or express ideas um, or concerns or anything else. And they don't trust anyone to be able to come to or, or be able to share them. They don't know themselves as they grow up. And I see that a lot with young women. Trish and I both talked about this. My personal quick story is like, I come from two parents who are addicts and one of them passed away from it and the other one's still living, but it's like functioning, you know, but really obviously still addict. And so there's, that's really tough. I mean, I think as a kid growing up, it it forces you to be a little more like with it and control, like all these things. Cause you're like, oh, well, I can't rely on these people. So I better like figure it out myself. Because nobody's, and not that they didn't take care of me. I mean, that's the thing is we lived a quintessential life on the outside. So they did, they took care of all of our needs. We had a roof over our heads. We had a beautiful home and a beautiful place, vacations, the whole nine. So you would never think that of what's going on on the inside, but it's happening. And I think that those, as I grew up, so I told Trish this a lot, and we've talked about it in the podcast too, is growing up being a young woman when I finally went to college, it was like freedom. Cause like I was away and could be myself and be free and learn about myself. And I got dove right into women's studies and got into that work because that's what I really was passionate about. And then it's like, I go boom, right back into old patterns and meet and get into a relationship that's emotionally and verbally abusive. And I'm with that person for a very long time, but that's because that's what I knew growing up. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like this is that kind of person. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I click with that for some reason, and then just got into that and lost myself completely for however many years. And I think that that's the, just now through women making waves. And a lot of what we do with work like this is we are learning about ourselves and we're also coming out of things and, and healing, you know, healing ourselves in the process of what we're doing by helping others or being part of a bigger thing and creating a community where there is a psychological safe space. So I love this dialogue because mental health should be that, you know, we should be able to talk about it and be safe to be able to express ourselves and then advocate for ourselves and use our voice in a way that serves us and not just something we think other people want to hear or also other, what other people are expecting us to say. Yeah. 
Do you have any specific practices? You mentioned meditation, but what are some things that you do to take care of yourselves and advocate for your own mental health while you're working so hard to lift others up? I think movement's really important to both of us. And I think in in various ways. So I just recently got into hula hooping, which is super fun. And it just, you can get music, not music, and you kind of daze out and you could, whether it's like meditative or just kind of you're jamming out to Beyonce, it's a great thing. And I know you love to dance and mm-hmm. movement is just a key piece of my routine now. I've always been into sports. I played soccer. I ran track. I did lacrosse. But in my mid-20s, I think I lost a little bit of that just because, you know, life comes and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. You just, I don't know, you get lazy or whatever it might be. But just in the last few months, I've taken back that, which I always loved. And that was that's where I thrived when I was a kid. I always felt my best playing sports. That's when I knew, like, I was untouchable. If you asked me in a classroom, maybe not the same. I'd be like, I'm not raising my hand. I had, like, school anxiety. When it came to sports and movement, that was when I felt my best. And I felt like that was my therapy as a kid until I went to therapy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Movement's really important. I think um, Trish and I both have different meditation practices that we do, mm-hmm. but mine is more. And I, I'm a huge advocate for this app. So I'm going to mention it because it's the Daily Shine. And I it's it was created by two women of color. And I just also think that's really important because, again, like Trish and I have been talking about with this month being Mental Health Awareness Month in May. I personally am not seeing a lot of it, a lot of diversity in the mental health space. And I'm like, where is that? I mean, is it just me? Is it because of where we live? I don't know. So I'm, we're trying to kind of, we're on this kick of discovering some of that as well. And, and just finding this app a while ago, I was really excited because they talk a lot about their journey and they're super honest and open. Um, they jump on there all the time and share. So it's not like they're just getting people to give you guided meditations, but there's free meditations. And I feel like five minutes I can do out of my day. Like that's doable, you know, to get up in the morning and start my day with that. And then the other part is like she said, movement, because I notice again, go back to my shoulders and my ouchies. I notice when I, when I'm not moving or I spend a day when I've just been sitting all day or I'm on zoom calls or I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I'm super drained emotionally. Like I just want to curl up and like get it like a hot tea and like cover myself up. But I'm also, um, I'm like hurting, like my body just feels really angry. Like, and I'm just, I really feel agitated. And then I start getting agitated with my family. I can almost feel it. Like I just sometimes need to take a walk around the block because I just need some fresh air. I just need some, some sort of movement. Mm -hmm. And so I'll put on movies, music with my kids and dance in the living room or something. So that's kind of my thing. Awesome. I get that for sure. I could see us hanging out one of these days, going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But you're saying all the things that we, we love. We're to. just like in silence, but we're like, yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I actually started to love to cook. So since I'm going back for nutrition, I'm trying to learn different recipes that are not like just boring and like healthy because everyone thinks healthy is just like, you know, a salad, but there's a lot of spices and a lot of different cuisines. So that's another way I've been kind of getting in my zone is cooking. It's kind of really calming to me. And then when you're done, it's like really nice to have that feeling like I made this. And when it tastes good and you didn't mess it up, you're like, I really made this. Like you can show your, your friends and family. So I've been um, getting into the zone by cooking this last few months. And when healthy is fun and tastes good, then it's more enjoyable and it's more fun to eat. Like we're major foodies and we both like to cook too. So yeah, healthy doesn't have to be boring and it doesn't have to be a salad. And it's 
remarkable how much eating healthy food can make your mindset better, can improve your mental health. We talk about this all the time too of like, oh, I'm just falling apart and I don't know why. And I'm just like a big piece of shit. I always say that I'm just a big piece of shit. But Irene will say, well, what have you been eating? Have you been sleeping? Have you been going for walks? Are you drinking water? Well, no. Okay. You have to see this. You can read it because it's going to be backwards. It says, drink some water, you beautiful and capable of a dehydrated bitch. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. There's, there's a book that I just recently started. It's called your food on, no, your brain on food. And it talks about all the different, um, like it has anxiety, depression, PTSD, ADD, and has different things of what you have Mm -hmm. to eat. But there was even a study that shows that when you cook home, like, obviously it's cool to go out and like support your, you know, support all the things. But when you cook at home and you put like the love and joy into it, your food Mm -hmm. tastes better. They did a study that it was like, the people didn't know what they were having. And one was made with like, music in the background and all the things and people enjoyed that food better just because of the way it was prepared which is crazy because they didn't know that they just ate it like yeah this tastes better so it's like in the energy that we give out to our food which again I know it sounds like very hippy dippy you actually are giving like energy to what you're making thank you guys so much for coming on and for sharing with us it was really fun hearing everything that you're up to. And I feel so inspired and excited to see how you guys continue to grow. Yeah, I'm excited. I love watching what you guys are doing. I love looking at your Instagram. It gives me so much life. How Can you tell our listeners how they could find you, what your Instagram name is, um, podcast again, all of that good stuff? Yeah, the Instagram is at women.making.waves. And then we also have a website. It's a landing page right now, but it's under construction. It's almost finished. I'm so excited about that. Um, so it'll be women-making-waves.com. And then our podcast. It's a strong brew. And I think just our Instagram handle is, I think just a strong brew. Yeah, at a strong brew. Yeah, so you can find it. us there and, and check that out. Or you can also find us at Women Making Waves and watch what we're up to. And please come, you know, come to our events and check out what we're doing. The next one is Women Making Waves in Cannabis. And it's on May 20th, so it's coming up. And it's really, really exciting. It's some really incredible women that are like a variety of women in the industry across the board. So we're just really excited about the lineup, what we put together. And a lot goes into this stuff. I tell people this all the time, but they they don't realize sometimes, I mean, you do more behind the scenes. It's hard to do with virtual sometimes, but I want to show like all the different planning and prep and all the conversations that we have. I'll have to do like a compilation video yeah. sometime, like all these Crying kind of things. Desk. Yeah. <laughs> Meditating with fear, like it's all for me. Yeah. We're so happy to meet both of you, Irene yeah. and Molly. And thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to come on and just get to know you more and what you're up to and, and highlighting mental and, health. Exactly. That's the most, literally she texted me and she's like, we're going to be on this podcast. Like she didn't even tell me what it's about. I was like, okay. And she's like, mental health. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah cool. It's really cool to see two professionals, you know, mm-hmm. spreading the word and doing it, whether it's weekly or by whatever you're doing. It's it's just nice to see that because like we said, not enough people are talking about it. So it's great to see you two stepping up and doing it for a lot of people. Yep. Well, thank, thank you, you so that. much. Um, for our listeners, you can find us at That's Not Crazy Podcast on Instagram. And we have our email address listed there too if you want to connect with us. 
Uh, we also have a new Facebook page. You can search at That's Not Crazy on Facebook. So check us out. Bye, guys.